You're listening to listener-supported WPKN in Bridgeport at 89.5 FM. We're online at WPKN.org. I'm Valerie Richardson. A pleasure to be here with you this afternoon. And I'm very excited to welcome to the studios and to introduce a a new sort of a show within my show that's going to be coming to you on starting right now, at least, for the second Tuesday of every month. And this is going to be hosted by Anjali Wasson, and, uh, who is a professor of as, uh, English as a Second Language at Housatonic Community College. And Anjali reached out to me and, and, and was talking about this, her students and some of the journeys that they've been on and how she thought this would be really great radio. And, and I agree. So we um, are going to be calling, you're going to be calling the show Homelands. And welcome, Anjali. Thank you so much for having me. Um, yeah, we, you know, homelands, we felt like it was time to reclaim the word. Um, you know, what is a home? What is homelands? Um, so we're hoping that, you know, we get to hear firsthand from some of the residents of Bridgeport about what their migrant journeys have been like. And you yourself are a migrant. Why don't you talk a little bit about your journey? So I um, am a fourth-generation South Asian Kenyan. Um, my great-grandfather was brought over by the British to Kenya to build the railways. And he stayed on, and so did my grandfather and then my father. Um, so we were raised in Kenya until I was 13, and then we moved to England, where I did most of my schooling, went to university, and then... Um, once I graduated, I moved to India to kind of learn a little bit about my ethnic heritage. Um, you know, my family's originally from Punjab and Gujarat in India, but I had very little connection with India growing up. So it was kind of important to me to go back and, and live there and learn a little bit about my cultural her- heritage. Um, So I lived in Delhi for three years, and that's where I worked as a journalist, um, exploring issues of inequity and migration and kind of like the urban landscape in Delhi and how it was changing. Um, And this was in the early 2000s. And that was an amazing experience. I worked for a fortnightly newspaper that was working very hard to... um, question the existing government at the time, something that wasn't, you know, usually done. Um, and it was it was very enriching experience for me. Um, after that, I moved to the States in 2009, and I tried to continue my career as a journalist, but it was a hard time for, for any journalist anywhere. I think the whole industry was shrinking. And I instead pursued a career in education and have been very happy since then. It's been wonderful. I worked in Brooklyn for six years in an inner city high school. And then once I moved to Connecticut, I've been working with the community colleges here and really learning about the immigrant community in Connecticut and how unique and wonderful it is. I'm I'm so excited about this and to hear the the different voices that you will be bringing to the show every, every week. Uh, every month, excuse me, and and you did a sh- for a short period. You did a, did a similar show on WNHH, and the, which is a, the the home radio station of the Independent. And kudos to Paul Bass oh. and and the whole crew up there. So this is yeah. Uh, but you've uh, you you brought this to WPK, and I'm so excited. Yeah, me too. Me too. You know. So the show was called Crossing Borders, and Paul Bass welcomed me with open arms to interview members of the immigrant community in New Haven. And it was incredibly enriching to meet 
to meet some of these members and have them tell their story um, on radio so that other people could learn what they had been through and what they had done to build a life in the States. And WPKN seems to me like a wonderful place for another show like that where we could learn about the residents of Bridgeport. Um, you know, there is such a rich immigrant community in Bridgeport and Stratford, and to really learn about their unique journeys and to learn about how they've made Connecticut their home. And even better, to learn a little bit more about their cultural heritage from the music that we're going to be playing on the show. So I'm going to turn this over to you in just a second. And your your first guest today, uh, one of your students, is Betty, Betty Volsi, who is from Haiti. And, and so she has a very rich cultural and music background. So I'm, I'm looking forward to this. Welcome, Betty. Thank you for having me. Betty, can you paint a picture for the listeners of what your childhood and adolescence was like in Haiti? It was great, actually. I was, um, I went to school in the city. I stayed with a family member mm -hmm. in the city. My, my mother used to go to work at the capital, Port-au-Prince. And every two weeks or every um, other weeks, I will go to visit my grandmother. I stayed with my grandmother um, for um, the weekend, on vacation. It was great. And the, uh, the suburb is area um, where she has... She had a garden, vegetables. She used to grow vegetables, flowers. It was very interesting. That sounds lovely. And you so so your mom and you you saw each other with some frequency, even though she had to go to Port-au-Prince for work. Yes, she used to come every vacation to bring me some clothes, food, money. It was great. So family was a big part of your life. Definitely. And um, tell us a little bit about the lead up to you deciding to leave Haiti. I decided to leave Haiti. I used to come first. I used to come on vacation. And um, I to used the to States. stay. Yes, to okay. New York and mm -hmm. um, Norwalk. I used oh. to stay with my my cousin. Um. She lived in Norwalk, and um, we used to spend a lot of time together. I used to come for three months and go back to Haiti. And definitely after I moved to Haiti, I went back to Haiti, I lost my job, and then there was political unrest, a race of uh, gang violence. That's why um, I decided to stay in the States. Definitely, yes. Okay. In the United States. So that doesn't sound like it was an easy decision because you had to move here alone. You had to leave your family behind. Definitely. But I had my uncle. Okay. With open arms, he accepted me to my late uncle. He passed away, unfortunately, before I moved to Bridgeport. Okay. 
But you lived with him initially in Queens. Definitely. And yes. what was life like in Queens? Here you were, you had arrived in the States. What what time of year was it? It unfortunately it was cold. It was and already January. winter. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Winter. And um it was very, very difficult, challenging for me to adapt with the cold weather and the food I missed. <laughs> my food at home, back home, then, but it's an adjustment. It's a it big was, adjustment. It was an adjustment. Now it's better. What, 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 what's made it better now? I can say that I, I find a home. I'm making, um, I'm making my way on a foreign country. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not looking back. If I want to advance, if I want to progress, for example, going to school and having that, be able to have that conversation with you now, yeah. learning English was the first step for me to stay. And I decided to start from scratch to be able to grow. Wonderful, Betty. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. And, you know, it reminds me a little bit of a song um, that we're going to play next um, by an amazing woman based in New Orleans, Leila Makala, who um, is of Haitian origin and really has one of the most beautiful voices, um, A Day for the Hunter, A Day for the Prey. just heard Leila McCullough singing A Day for the Hunter, A Day for the Prey. And we're talking to Betty Voltsi from Haiti, who's telling us a little bit about her migration journey in 2018, what it was like to arrive in January in the middle of winter in Queens, New York, and her journey then on to Bridgeport, Connecticut. Tell us a little bit, Betty, about what it's like to be a member of the Bridgeport Haitian community. It's actually I I um I can say I don't really know the Haitian community in Bridgeport. Is there not a big Haitian community in Bridgeport or do you feel like you haven't been able to connect with them? Um I have I haven't been able to connect with the community, Haitian community in Bridgeport because of the pandemic first. Mm -hmm. Since I um, I arrived a little before the pandemic, right. I moved from New York to Connecticut before the pandemic. So I'm, I'm starting to find some friends to go out and it's still new. 
I'm still new in the community. And then, like you said, the pandemic didn't help things because mm-hmm. we were all separated yes. from each other. So, Betty, tell me a little bit about your connection to Haiti now. My mother's and father and father, they are still in Haiti. I usually call them, um, send money. I have a sister there too. Okay. You know, we stay we stay in touch via WhatsApp, not Facebook. WhatsApp is so much easier. <laughs> <laughs> um, and do you? How do they feel about their situation there now? Um, there's a. Unfortunately, but fortunately, they are not uh, in Port-au-Prince. Okay. They live in Jacmel, but you know, since uh, since everything that that's happening with the gang violence, you know, the news comes, you know, will go uh, around the globe. They listen to the the news and uh, lack of gas, uh, food, and mm. everything. It's it's a little hard for them to navigate, but it's not, it's not that bad, not terrible. It's not terrible. Okay, so- They I'll- can still get around. They are not living in, at the capital, right. which is Port-au-Prince. Where things are very mm-hmm. difficult at the moment. Yes. Do you ever, have you been back to Haiti since you've arrived here? Yes, I went back just once. Now it is um, quite impossible for me to go to Haiti. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get kidnapped. That's what's going on, the rise on gang violence and kidnapping. So you don't feel safe returning there, even for a visit? My mother even told me, if I die, you don't have to come. Wow. It's hard. Yeah. It is hard. Betty, we're going to play uh, one of the songs that you recommended um, called Haiti Shari. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about why that song is so special to you? The song is so special to me because um, in, in Haiti and in, in the city where I grew up, Jacmel, they used to play it all the time. It's Tubadu. Tubadu, they used to play it. As soon as you get off the plane, you'll, um, you'll come across some people, of some people playing cha-cha-cha, you know, singing. And it's a song, it's a call for reconciliation. And um, the song called everybody to build back Haiti to make it a better place for everyone. Haiti, chérie. 1er janvier 1804. En 2004.
right. That was the beautiful Haiti Sherry by the Haitian Troubadours, a song that was very special to my guest, Betty Volsi, um, who is from Haiti and now resident in Bridgeport. And through this show, Homelands, we're hoping to connect with migrants and learn about their journeys firsthand, learn about what it's like to be an immigrant in Bridgeport. Um, I'm Anjali Wasson, and this is WPKN. Betty, tell us a little bit about your journey at Housatonic, where you are one of my students, and what do you hope for the future? The reason that I started to go to Housatonic, I'm very excited about it. And uh, it's because I want to become a nurse. Mm. I would like to become a nurse to, you know, to give back to that community. I love it here. It's not as it is in New York, you know. Everybody is nice. <laughs> Everyone is nice. I don't know if you find it that way, but I really I do. do. I really do, too. And yeah. it's a beautiful opportunity to be able to go back to school, start college here. It's, it's great. So how do you manage everything? Because you are working as well. Um, how do you manage it all? How do you manage going to school full-time, working? How do you balance? Um, I am blessed to have a great husband. He believes in education. He believes in education as well. So you really help me, you know, to find my way. And help me sometime with, you know, by pushing me, encourage, encourage me every every time. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're doing mm-hmm. great. You're doing great. You can do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's always, you know, almost every time he keep on telling me over and over just to push me. And economically, he's helping, so he knows that. Uh, you know, that's our future. Yeah. And I work part-time. I try to navigate between work and school, but I always create um, time to study. I think having that support is incredibly important because it is it is very difficult to balance both those things, going to school and working and just life in general. Um, how did the pandemic impact all your dreams and hopes? And, you know, Housatonic was online for much of the pandemic and people weren't coming into campus. I know that that was particularly hard for the ESL community because we rely so much on being able to converse in class to build our language skills. How was that for you? I have to say I, I was blessed to have... Um you know, some very good professor. Um, that was my first th- time, um, the first time studied online mm-hmm. class. Mm-hmm. I never did it before, but it wasn't bad, really bad for me. I had a full-time job mm. that I kept. But every time that I stepped out, it's, you can feel it was heavy. You know, mm-hmm. 
the atmosphere. Very, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People was was dying all over New York, and then I just moved from New York. I say, oh, thankfully I. I moved to Connecticut. You left just before mm-hmm. the pandemic started. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, tell us a little bit about the role Haitian culture plays in your life now in terms of food and music and holidays. What do you do to keep that connection for yourself? My husband is Haitian and... Uh, we use, we always try to um, my sister live close um she's my neighbor oh yes. that's so pretty okay we always create time to get together to play some haitian music to eat some haitian food and um i cook haitian food at home what what is whenever we want to we want something else we we will go out and eat but i it's it's in me it's in my soul so i can't get away with it my husband wanted to go back um to haiti for christmas unfortunately we can't go we plan to go to florida to be close to haiti since florida especially um especially fort lauderdale mm-hmm. is 45 minutes from Haiti. So we're going to spend some time. We're going to visit little Haiti. So to eat some Haitian food, you know, to listen to some Christmas song, Papa Noel. Sounds amazing. Sounds amazing because you've said you don't feel safe returning to Haiti. So this is a a chance to kind of... to connect with the Haitian culture. All right, we're going to listen to a song by Nemur Jean-Baptiste, Haitia Cambia. Haitia Cambia by Nemur Jean-Baptiste, and we are talking to Betty Volsi, who is from Haiti. Tell us a little bit about Haitian music and what role it plays in your life now. I know you I know you sing. Uh, you sing for your church, correct? Yes. And um, you said you play Haitian music during festivals and while you're cooking. Um, tell us a little bit about who you listen to and, and, and why, why those artists are important to you. I usually listen to some Christian music, mostly. But there's a Tubadu, um, 
that you just introduced and um that remind that give me that's give me a lot of memories from Haiti and uh, a call from reconciliation that we need and uh, the way that Haiti used to be when I was growing up mm. every afternoon even um we were colonized by France it's French music there's a, there's some music that we used to play back home chansonnette française every house that you you will cross the street and uh, you listen to someone else playing that music we all listen to the same music in the afternoon that's incredible like so it really brings it's like a unifier yes. it brings everybody it's together like everybody is making um it's like back home we don't eat big meal at night okay some of them are making porridge uh, coffee not coffee tea uh, chocolate at night and mm. then you'll smell every house that you will go to you smell bread fresh milk and you listen everybody is sitting down listening to and a walking chair listening to some good music quiet the street was quiet and you'll go around and calm and fresh air by listening everybody's listening to the same music it <laughs> sounds incredible betty i mean you paint such a beautiful picture of of what it was like to to be a member of the community there do you do you miss that yes i do it's i wish nobody else have to experience that it's like living a place that you cannot go back to relieve that what you grew up listening to eating you know all the friends that you were connected with they all moved to another country we call that exod rural it's like all of the intellectuals that you you grow up with they left they go someplace else doctors all my promotion they they all in a in, in a different place now this reminds me of the the really haunting voice of toto besant um and we're going to listen to one of her songs day
That was the beautiful voice of Toto Besaint singing Day. Betty, what do you do to recreate that same sense of community here with in Bridgeport, what you described in Haiti, where everybody's listening to the same music at the same time in the afternoon and the smell of fresh bread and chocolate in the air? It doesn't sound like it's easy to recreate that here, but what do you do to bring yourself a little closer to that feeling? I make the tea, ginger tea, vanilla tea. You know, at home when I wake up in the morning, but you can't keep up. It's not the same schedule. It's not, you can't really recreate it. You can try to recreate it. I'm doing that with my niece, you know. It's hard for her to speak for you, even. She's trying um, because she has to stay connect, connected with my, my grandmother, her grandmother, my mm. mother, which is her grandmother. I can try, but I have to build another, li- another life here. Mm-hmm. Home is here now. I have to see it that way. Even I'm, um, no matter what I do, I will never forget my home where where I was born. But home is here now. But my culture, everything will will be in my forever in my heart. I think it's you know it's it's such a shared experience the immigrant experience you know so much of what you've described I can really relate to myself just sometimes that feeling of wanting so badly to recreate something you've done since you were little mm-hmm. but like you said it doesn't it doesn't work here it doesn't translate because of the seasons or perhaps the ingredients aren't available or it's just not the same feeling but then you create new traditions um and can you tell us a little bit about some of those new traditions that you've created it sounds like going to florida to to visit little haiti is one of those Mm -hmm. teaching your niece creole um and um try to teach her how to make some haitian food you know cook some food and try to explain this is where we came from this is who your grandmother is, you know, and um, but no matter what you do, you're gonna try to merge the culture that you're living in and the culture that you used to live in, which is not the, gonna be the same. Authentic. It's not gonna be authentic. That really reminds me of, you know, some of the music I've been listening to, to to prepare for today's show, really thinking about how Haitian music really marries together so much different kind of sounds from the Caribbean, but just even global sounds. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to listen to a song by Bongo, Bonga, sorry, and Voodoo Drums of Haiti called Liberty that to me really personifies that sound that comes from Haiti that really yeah. brings together. Trambour and um, right. compa, cha-cha-cha. It's a mixed, sometimes they're trying to 
explore all the, it's all the Caribbean. Yeah, that come together so to celebrate life. The music uh, bring life. I don't know if it's because of the weather, the uh, the the tropical tropical um, weather. Our music is hot. I will consider it like that. What do you mean by hot? Like it makes you want to dance? Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah. Makes you want to move. Mm -hmm. You cannot listen. You cannot, you know, as soon as you start listening to the music, even if you try to restrain your body, your body will move no matter what. <laughs> yeah. Keep on moving. by bonga and voodoo drums of haiti and you're right betty you said we wouldn't be able to stay still listening to haitian music it makes you want to move your body mm -hmm. um this is wpkn and you're listening to a new show called homelands i am the host anjali wasson and we're talking to betty volsi from haiti who's telling us about her journey from haiti to queens and then to Bridgeport, Connecticut, and what life has been like for her since she's arrived in the States. Betty, we've talked a lot in my class um, about the American dream and redefining what the American dream is, thinking about how we imagined the States before we all moved here and what it's like once you actually do live here. Can you tell us a little bit about what that means to you? What were your impressions of the States before you moved here? What did you think it was going to be like? I know you said you spent some time here, but what was it like once you actually moved here and what did you imagine it would be like? Um, before, I came several times on vacation, as I said earlier, to visit um, before I decided to stay. Uh, to stay. But... Um, when I first came, I was gonna. I thought I was gonna be in Hollywood. It's like I was gonna live a movie life. I didn't know there were traffic hole on the street. You know, you know. I thought everything, every house will be, all the houses will 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 be will be perfect. But um. It's not that bad, but it's not that great either. What, what as I I pictured everything was gonna be. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What's been difficult? What's been the most difficult about being here? It's the. I can say it's the start over. Mm. You have to start really. Um, 
with work, with with the job, with the bar language barrier, with education, everything. You have to start from scratch, as I said. So it was really hard. And not having my close family with me then. And the adaptation with what you're supposed to wear, the proper clothes, the proper boots to wear when it's cold. It took me a while to finally find a, a very good pair of boots for the clothes, for the cold, because I, I had to stand and wait for the bus for 15, 20 minutes sometime. But perseverance, um, I had perseverance. I had a dream. I knew where I wanted to go, you know, next, next. So I, the first thing that I did, I went to school to learn English. And then I become, became uh, a home health aide, nursing assistant, dialysis technician, and I worked with mentally challenged individuals in a school as an assistant instructor before I moved to Connecticut. It's like I was looking, I was hoping to find um, that dream, to make that dream a reality. And I'm very happy. I'm very pleased where I am now. Betty, thank you so much for sharing your story with us and for coming to talk to us on Homelands at WPKN. Thank you for having me. It was great to open my heart to you. Well, thank you so much. We so appreciate it.